And we'd like to welcome everybody back to another episode of Football's Family. And uh, I got a special guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, I'm Travis Creasy. I am a former head football coach at Riverside Christian Academy, still campus minister. I preached there for the church that meets in the cafeteria. And, man, I just love me some football. And so I know I'm in the right place uh, as far as talking about that. And I'm a – I guess it's almost five-year cancer leukemia survivor and uh man i do all kinds of stuff just like uh the host here always busy doing a bunch of things i'm sure i've got a football podcast i've got a mental health podcast i've got uh, a lot of things going on but a lot of fun being had but uh man i appreciate you inviting me on oh no problem no problem and it i think uh if i remember correctly travis of course i'm old and judging by your beard you got about the same problem i do there you go. Uh, we went to Fried Hardman together, if I remember correctly. Yes, I believe so. That's been many so. a moon go. And uh, Fried Hardman has the distinction of being undefeated in football since 1869. Yes, a great record. It's a great record, absolutely. How did you get to be a head football coach at a Christian academy? Well, uh, when I first left Freed, I moved to a place called Albertville, and the head coach went to church with us, and uh, I was a youth minister there, and he asked me to come be the minister on the football team and coach running backs at Douglas High School. And so after I was done in Albertville, I moved to Florence for a year. He moved to Fayetteville, Tennessee, Chris Jones, and he uh, brought me up here wanted me to help coach football, and so I started off uh, wide receivers, made it to offensive coordinator, and then I was the head football coach. And we play eight-man now. It was 11-man when I first started. Uh, and then I've co coached, I'm not even real sure, I guess 2013 to 2020 uh, head coach. And uh, But I've been at Riverside since 2007, and I coached football every year until 2020 was my last year. We uh, went four and four that year and won our division in the conference and got us a championship. And I went off into the sunset and now I just do the radio, which I just got through doing middle school football. We won. So that's good. <laughs> yeah. He messaged me and said, it would be a little, it might be a little late. I'm like, ah, I only work four hours a week. So it's all good. This, this late <laughs> stuff, it's all good. But the big thing is I, I noticed from your Facebook account and I noticed from behind you, your your passion isn't with middle school or high school as oh, much. Oh, yeah. College football is is uh, my jam. Now, I will say I have fallen in love the last few years with the NFL game because I don't – I mean, I have teams that I root for, right? I want to do well. I, I'm the Titans, I'm, I'm there with them. Uh, but I, I don't have as much anxiety about the NFL. Like, I want certain teams to win, but if they don't, it doesn't impact the rest of my weekend like it – probably shouldn't anyways but sunday impacted me in some bad ways <laughs> I, it, it, it hurt really bad i mean travis when you have a guy derrick henry half by halftime had 107 yards of total offense he went nuts mm -hmm. and then the rest of the game they don't give him the ball yeah he suffered from that in a lot of places i think there were times at alabama um uh, 13 is one of them uh, with AJ McCarron's last year. We're, we're gashing Oklahoma. He's a freshman. We're gashing him like eight yards a carry. Every time Derek touches it, it almost is a first down. And I guess we just had to get AJ his numbers. And so we lose to an Oklahoma team that, you know, defense then was optional, you know, uh, yeah. for them. 
And I'm like, feed the beast, feed the beast. But, you know, it is what it is. And even at 18, as a freshman, he was bigger than everybody else on the field. He was a monster. I remember Nick Saban being mad at him because I think his first touchdown was against Arkansas in like the fourth quarter. And he was mad at Arkansas's defense because they couldn't stop this kid. I mean, he goes around the end and it's like a 70 yard touchdown. And Alabama's trying to run the clock out. And, uh, you know, there's frustration for Nick there. I was thinking he was trying to not run the score up. And, yeah. He's, he's one of those guys. Derek is one of those guys that he's going to be 30 this year, which is ancient. And I still think he's got another two or three years. I don't know if he'll be with the Titans. In fact, I think this year will be it for him with the Titans and uh, Ryan Tannehill as well. Yeah. I have a feeling he's going to go to the Jets soon. Uh, but, man, I think he's got a couple more years left in him, uh, which which was funny. I was telling people my, my best memory of Derrick Henry is I was there when he ran the 99 yards. Oh, man. I was at that That's game. Awesome. And history. I, <laughs> it was history. And I remember setting up – we were right behind it. Of course, we're – you know, I'm 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 – poor and and stingy so i was sitting up at the top looking down and i told my wife they're going to run it Derek's going to run it and he's going to go around to the side and it's be two or three yards and then it was 99 yards <laughs> you got part of it right well i i called part of it because i saw where they were lining up but uh, but tell me tell me what's your what's some of your memories about alabama well uh i think you and i both fall in the category that we can't be called bandwagon fans um, we're not in that lot, uh, because I could, my earliest memory is shaking Bill Curry's hand at five years old. Um, and, and of course Bill had some great teams, but there were certain teams between him and, and, uh, the Nick Saban era that weren't that great. Well, we got uh, Mike Price, Mike DeBoe, uh, yeah, the Mike era. So it was, it was awful. And then you had Don Shula's son, what was his name? Dan or Dave? No, it, was, Dave. it was Mike. 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 Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. The Mikes. Yeah, it was Mike. Um, but yeah, Ben Hayes, my co-host on a lot of the podcasts, my partner in crime, my first cousin, you know, Alabama's playing well. Guess what? At halftime, we're going to go out and throw the ball. If Bama's not playing well, we just go out before halftime and, and throw the ball around. So those are my, if I thought every kid grew up playing tackle football or catching the ball in the backyard. And, uh, recently I've discovered that's not how every child grows up, but you know, my earliest memories are my dad working on the car. And, yes, folks, there was a time where every game was not televised um, and listening to Eli Gold and running all the plays in the front yard. I knew how they played certain teams. You know, Vandy was always tough. They always played us better than they should have, but Alabama would pull it out. And so, man, I got all kinds of good stuff, and that's before I ever played high school ball. So, I went to – I grew up a Vanderbilt fan, so don't hold that against me. But in oh. this area here in Tennessee where I grew up, we didn't have a pro team. Uh, yeah. Titans were a late addition, and I wasn't a UT Knoxville fan. So the first game I went, it was – but I got a call from a guy one day. He said, do you want to watch Alabama play? It's like, sure. I've never seen Alabama play. So I go, and the stadium is not a big stadium, but they were probably 90% crimson in that stadium. It was very impressive with how well – Alabama yeah. travels. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, we've been to Vandy as guests of Vandy. The first year Nick Saban was there, I went, you know, Vandy always reaches out to the coaches. Hey, there's free tickets uh, for coaches, but you can't wear, you got to wear your school stuff or Vandy, you know? And so we weren't going to wear Vandy, but I remember sitting there and it's Nick's first year. What he wins six, seven games. 
Uh, but I can remember clearly sitting behind with the Vandy players' families, and that's the Alabama sideline. And I think it was Terry Grant didn't get out on the play. He was supposed to be in the play. And I just remember Nick coming down there and just chewing him out. And at that point, Grant was like the stud running back. And Nick's like, hey, if you don't get out there when I tell you to get out there, you just won't be out there. And I don't know that he played very much the rest of the game or really the rest of the season. And I remember thinking, man, something's different here. Like that's a whole different level, you know, of, of coach. And so it was wild. But, yeah, my my biggest memories are down there in Tuscaloosa wearing the crimson um, and, and different things. I was, I was there when Central Florida upset us. I was in the stadium. I was there when Johnny Manziel pulled his magic. So, you know, to say I have a little anxiety of going to a Taliban <laughs> game is is uh is uh, not even giving it justice. And I anxiety. thought we were safe. I thought we were safe, right? With with the Texas game, I wasn't there, but unfortunately, uh not so much. Anxiety is not the right word. I I I'm not the you're you're much higher college than I am. For me, my problem is Sunday afternoons. Yeah. with the Titans. Yeah. But I've got friends here in 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 Tennessee that they live and breathe orange and crimson yes. too, but it's a lot of orange and when they yes. this previous week Austin P nearly took it to them. Yes. And they were nervous the entire time and I laughed at them a little bit and then Texas beat Alabama so I quit laughing. Yeah. Well, it was awful quiet. You know, usually when we lose, I hear it, you know, I'm in Fayetteville. I don't know if I mentioned that in the opener, Fayetteville, Tennessee. And they Alabama last year was the first time Alabama had lost since I moved here, and so uh, I got a lot of grief. And usually, I figured I would over Texas, but then I saw the Austin P score where they only won by seventeen, and it was real quiet. I've not heard anything about Texas all week. I mentioned that after the at the end of the sermon, as I was walking out, and and I heard somebody said, "A win's a win." I'm like, you know what? You're right. It's true. But this is an OVC team. You should have blown the doors off Tennessee yeah. so you're 3-0 I get you or what is it 2-0 2-0 you're all right you're all right Trip to the swamp I, yeah yeah so I'm looking in the back there that picture of uh that's a Tennessee pitcher behind you in it where they're blocking a kick it is I remember that game I remember it but I can't place that yeah Rocky Block 2009 I remember <laughs> I remember that. And then, of course, I'm seeing one over on the corner here. I love watching – look at the man caves, Travis. Yeah, there. yeah. Uh, that's the Clemson. That's Kenyon Drake. He's going to go. I remember that game. By the way, Tr Kenyon Drake is so underrated. That dude was insane. Yes. Uh, and even injured. Like, he came back from injury and was – was I don't know if he was just as good, but he was good enough. He was fast. He was fast, dude. And, and as you can tell, I have a lot of memorabilia. I collect – autographs uh you know i heard your interview with bill i've got a colts helmet at school signed by bill curry and um i guess my my biggest collection i've got an alabama uh game worn jersey from the 75th anniversary year and it is signed uh by i guess the first half era of of nick saban stars and then i have a full-size helmet over there that's got some of them but it's not all just alabama i've got or moon hall of fame folks. And, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of something I don't have, this is my expensive hobby, I guess. I don't play golf. I don't fish. I don't hunt. And so the little kid in me goes and collects these autographs and stuff. So <laughs> there's, there's nothing. It keeps you off the streets. Yes. Yes, sir. You yes, know, sir. in Fayetteville, you got to get off the streets. It's pretty tough there. <laughs> 
rough place. If you don't know Tennessee, there's probably two rough places in this whole state. Yeah. And the rest of us, we're just glad to be here. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It's true. It is. Henderson is one of those rough places. I was talking to a friend of ours, uh, a friend of mine a couple of days ago that I graduated from, and we were talking about that the worst, that the biggest memory we had is we left our door open all night and a dog wandered into the, to our dorm at Brigance and slept there all night. That was the, that was the wildest we went. That sounds about right. Sounds about right. Well, tell me about your podcast. Uh, which one? (laughs) My wife would say, which one? It's uh, the door's open. Okay. Well, we, as I mentioned, uh, Ben Hayes is my first cousin. He's a, he's a mental health professional i call him the all all pro counselor so i got to throw a little football in there on the intro but we originally have the helping healing humor with ben and travis and it is a mental health podcast from a christian's perspective ben's a preacher i'm a preacher like i mentioned he's all he's a professional counselor so this week's episode was about uh, suicide prevention so we kind of handled that we 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 filled some pretty heavy stuff and we try to do it like i said obviously Christian, but also in a less serious way, right? We're going to be serious about the serious stuff, but we try to add a little fun to it uh, so it's not all doom and gloom. And, of course, we have a tremendous hope uh, in in God and, and all that good stuff, so we share that. That's probably the flagship, if I was going to say. And then Ben does a Friday refresh every other Friday, three to five-minute little motivational podcast. And then during football season – I do a three to five minute, uh, the good old fashioned dislike podcast where dynasties never die and hate is an extreme word, but just barely. So we do kind of a history of rivalries. I do a little spill at the beginning about records, when they first played, what trophies they swap. And then me and my buddies come up with reasons why we like one team, hate one team. And by the end of it, we choose who we're cheering for. Uh, And that, usually has to do with like mascots and colors and famous people from those towns. So it's just really goofy and fun, but it is a little history to it. So, uh, you know, if I can't find anything else to do, I'll come up with something else, but yeah. <laughs> it's like, if you don't have enough to do. Yeah. Keep that up. Uh, Travis, keep that up. I, I just got off the phone with somebody um, being this month is, is pretty hard in a lot of ways for, for my family in particular and I, I, I'm not mentioning names because it doesn't really matter. But she asked me, why did your son commit suicide? And I'm like, he didn't leave a note. We don't know. Wow. We don't know. So most of the problems that you find in life, people will never mention because they don't think they're either good enough to mention it or society has demeaned men to say you can't mention emotions and, and yes. women are too emotional. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, keep that up. More, more and more people need to hear that. Well, um, it's our perspective that that God is big enough and to to handle our emotions and our anger and being upset with Him. In fact, I think the Scripture invites us to do that, and so we just try to get people to lean in. You know, like you're saying, there are a lot of these statements, and and I get it. Like we should all pray more. I mean, I think everybody would would say Amen. We should pray more, but because everybody should pray more, that's not a great answer. To, to all of mental health and all of issues of life. I know Ben uses illustration all the time. Like if you break your arm, you should pray about your arm, but you also should see somebody who can help you fix it and set it straight and use the medicine that God has given us to do that. And so our encouragement is, you know, talk to somebody, 
find somebody, discuss, share your emotion. And, and I'm thankful uh, my friends and I have a group text, right? Where, I mean, all bets are off. You can say anything, whatever you want. It's a judge-free zone, but it's also an encouraging zone. Like, hey, man, I got it. And, uh, you know, through my leukemia, there were dark days where it was like, this is going to be my life forever. I'm never going to get over this, you know. And uh, to have people that you can reach out to, man, is such a big deal. And I told you in the text, you know, I was listening to the Bill Curry episode, and you mentioned that about your son. And I was already like leaning in to hear what was to be said. And then you mentioned that and it added another layer. Like we're human beings and everyone listening to this is human beings. And you have value and have purpose. And the fact that somebody feels they're so alone um, is just something that we think should never be the case. You know, even if we don't agree, even if you don't believe what we believe, you can still reach out to us and we would oh, yeah. much prefer that than, than any other alternative. Oh yeah. And I've, I've made it clear on this particular on, on Twitter, especially that they can reach out to me and I'm, I'm, I'll listen. I don't judge. I'm, I've learned quickly with life that uh, I barely know how to operate my own life, much less somebody else's, but I would listen. Yes. Um, Mr. Brothers from heritage is, is, is helping me a lot with that. Uh, I guess it'd be Dr. Brothers pretty soon. That's awesome. But with, with one of the classes I'm taking now, it's really kind of opening my eyes to how to handle things a little bit different. Mm -hmm. um, but it has a lot to do with talking and a lot to do with, with people. You know, you literally want to hear what's going on with people. So yeah, we got, we got to get that out. Yeah. Uh, you're and here's the thing, Travis, and I know we're, we're, we've, this is a football podcast, but it's also a means to, to get things out. And that's what it is. Uh, my son dies on a Wednesday. His funeral is Saturday. His funeral is Saturday. He, um, I get a call after I get a call after that, that another young man had committed suicide in, in Humphreys County, just back to back. Mm hmm. And people a year and a half later are still wondering if they knew each other and everything. It's like, guys, can you just let it, just let it go, you know, just let mm -hmm. it go that you can think things into the ground and yeah. it's, and, and it, it won't that. do you any good. You know that better than anybody, right? Yeah. You, you really can. Cause if you think about it, well, I should have done this. I should have done that. I was at home. I had a migraine. I was at home and I think he did it when I was at home, but I was out. I didn't hear the gunshot. And it yeah. was my gun. It was my yeah. nine millimeter that I carried, which I don't carry anymore. The the sheriff's has it. Yeah. You know, you, you could think things through too hard. Yes. It's, it's not going to help yes. anything. Yes. And, and I think that's the thing to have someone to bounce anything off of, right? Anything. I would much rather you talk to me uh, and, and us disagree, but yet walk away and know that you're loved and valued and have a purpose and, and bring than to, to to get that news, right? And I've not even experienced it like you have. So, um, you know, to to have that, and I've I've told students before who come to me and they're ashamed of this struggle that they have, and it's always amazing to be able to go, either a I've had that struggle, I've had a struggle similar, or I can find you someone that I know who has had that struggle. 
And one of the lies that that we're fed is that you're alone. You're it. You No one's ever struggled like this before. And that's one of the greatest lies that's sold. And, you know, when you have a group of people, as I think the church should be, and really any group of people that are there for you, you know, you come to understanding if we communicate, hey, I'm not alone in this. Like, I struggle. I fail. I mess up. And that's probably most of our podcasts. Like, We've had shit, whole episodes that are ministry fails where we just talk about where we blew it, where we said the wrong thing, we did the wrong thing, and how it was okay. You know, at the end of the day, things were okay, and uh, it, and and we got over it and we learned from it. Well, that's well. Tell me, let's get on for just a few more minutes. Like I like I told Travis that I refuse to pay Zoom for more time. I just refuse to do it. <laughs> um, tell me what your, what your high school's looking like this year, football wise. High school wise. Well, we, uh, 2020 was actually our last year of varsity football. And so we started it back. And so you can imagine, uh, it's, it's been a struggle. Yeah. Uh, but as I told the new coach and told those players, I said, you know, you take the field and it's a W right. Getting a team back in general. And they've not, I think they played two. They had one canceled. They've lost both. Uh, but the first game, they actually had a lead going into halftime. And, I, you know, I'm not the coach anymore, so I can say things like this. But it's like, dude, that's a win. Like, the fact that you guys had a lead, you were outnumbered the way you were, is a big deal. And, uh, you know, there, there's talent. They have it. Um, it's just lack of experience. And, you know, at any level, that that hurts. It does so hurt. I'm excited for on the middle school. A lot of those guys have continued to play. Uh, and so – they have won two games and lost one. And so there's there's promise there, and uh, it's exciting. And, and much of like you said, I know I keep references Bill Curry, but that's just such an awesome episode. You know, that hits at every level, the playing for the other guy. Uh, and when I got sick, and, and the funny thing is, is what pushed me over, I was at a Baltimore Ravens-Tennessee Titans game and went to the bathroom, and uh, there was blood in my urine, and it was like, Okay, you know, the man in me is like, nothing's wrong, nothing's wrong, nothing's wrong. You go in the bathroom and it's like something is wrong. And so um, I'm hoping to return to Titans Stadium before they move somewhere else so that I can get that off my checklist of visits. You know, my fears getting back in that stadium and facing that. that when uh, you go, when you go, my friend, message me. Okay. And we'll we'll go. We'll go. Well, I was really excited because I thought they they play the Ravens this year and they're the home team, but they play them. I think they play them in Europe or something. And London, I was like, yeah. man, I'm going. And I was like, oh, it's Europe. Never mind. I'm not going. It's that's, that's a little that's a fur piece from from Fayetteville. That's a fur yeah. piece from Hurricane Hurricane Mills. Yes. Um, they you have a book out, you and your wife, and and I followed you. I. I'm not really good at the whole messaging on Facebook or anything like that, but I followed you and your your you uh you lost a lot of weight with leukemia, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember you still had those those suit coats that you wear, which were impressive, but you had to wear mask and everything, which is understandable. Yeah. Um, you lost your hair, if I remember. I, I wore masks before they were cool. Yes, you wore masks before <laughs> we were mandated to be cool that yes. way. And. How is so five years? How long was your uh, your chemo and everything? How long did that take? So I was in the hospital for five weeks. 
from October the 16th. I was supposed to coach a middle school football game that day and uh, was going to go home. And they said, you go home for a day. It's the same leukemia that Chuck Pagano had, the same exact kind. So football everywhere, man. Football yeah. everywhere. I'm on the right podcast. So anyways, uh, and so uh, they did a biopsy on me, and I bled so much that they were like, you're not going home. You're going straight to Huntsville Hospital. So I was there for four weeks, four, five weeks, October 16th to the day before Thanksgiving. And uh, then I took treatments five days a week and total 86, 86 two-hour uh, infusions. I think it's infusions, trans, I can't remember. 86 of those. And then I did oral chemo. So that was through March of 19. And I went into remission of March 19. And I did oral chemo for three years after that. And I think it was fall before last was my last. I remember uh, that. Yeah, I remember so, that. So, yeah, I, I remember seeing some kid had done like 40. And I came in the room. And I said, man, this kid is so stinking tough. 40 treatments. And Whitney was like, how many do you think you've done? And I counted them up. It was like 86. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, I didn't even... I was so in the moment. It was, I'm going to get through the next 15 minutes um, that I didn't really realize how many I'd done. So 86 total infusions and then a lot of oral chemo. I get a, a couple of years, it might have been during 2020, I go to the doctor and they said something's not right. Mm -hmm. And she said, I'm going to call and make an appointment with somebody. I'm like, all right, I, I trust you. I know who you are. I trust you. An oncologist calls me. And you get a call from an oncologist like, what in the world? Yeah. So I go to this oncologist and they walk you through the building and you go in the back. And of course, you're scared to death. Of course, again, I'm I'm not so worried about dying anymore. I'm not so worried. Stuff doesn't scare me like it used to. I mean, yeah. you, you see yeah. the most scary thing that happened to you is losing a child. I'm not scared about it, but I'm still kind of concerned. I think this was even before Connor died. I'm kind of concerned. It's like, he said, oh, you're good. Like, well, why did you drive? Why did you call us back here? I mean, <laughs> it just puts you through this. So yeah, I can't imagine 87 treatments, 87 of those having to go through that same moment, being weak during that whole time and just feeling like you probably wanted to die. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I can speak to to my kids. The worst day of my life is October 31st of 2018 and i have a i have a strong fomo a fear of missing out and i was sick this is in the book but my kids are out trick-or-treating which i'm so thankful we had members at church who took them trick-or-treating I'm, I'm not speaking against that but i'm getting pictures of my kids and i made myself sick on insure and uh, yeah those are those times so but yeah the, and that's football right i mean playing football in high school made me stubborn you know you finish everything you start uh interesting enough john mechie had the same leukemia that i had right so there's all these football things but it's just like instilled in me is you do not quit your wife your kids they're dependent on you you got a reason to live and and uh, of course the hope that's in jesus but i mean it was i mean there were times it was overwhelming it was absolutely overwhelming um i was thankful to work where i work um, Whitney was able, people donated their time. And so Whitney was by my side for most all of it. I think there was a 15 minute window where I sat by myself in the hospital 
And in that 15 minute window, all the thoughts come in and all the things. And, and uh, I'm a sunshine person. So when the sun goes down, you know, I can drive by that hospital in October or I can drive by it in a rainy day or if the right smell hits me, you know, I'm back. I'm back in that hospital and I'm back going through all that stuff. And if I have a nightmare, I wake up and I have bone pain and I'm sweating my guts out, you know, and it's like the body remembers it keeps score uh, and it comes back. But so thankful for the church family we had. I'm thankful for my football coaches who instilled in me this never quit. Like you just do not quit. You'd finish every drill, you know, and I was no football stud, I'm a small guy now. I was even smaller then. And so it wasn't like I was a star, but uh, I just think about those guys. And and we actually played for the championship in 18. Somehow we won enough games to where we made the playoffs and were able to play for the championship. We lost. And so I was committed. I'm going to come back and coach these guys. Uh, and I coached through 2020 uh, in the middle of a lot of the treatments. And we had two of our best years ever. Um, but uh, – you know, football is a big part of that. The book is Reframing Hope, uh, Our Journey Through Cancer, Adoption, and Love. And I should have probably put football in the title because one of my students read it and they're like, why is there so much football in there? And I said, well, because Jesus and football uh, saved my life <laughs> on on several levels. Adoption, man. Uh, if we had more time, we can go into some adoption stories. Yeah. It's not a lot of fun at times with, with adopted kids and, and what they remember and what they tell you. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. youngest, my youngest, we adopted her at uh, a year and a half to two years. She was about two years old at the time. And it's amazing what they remember. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I think we are dealing with some of that now, uh, not with the ability to really express it. And so it kind of comes out in dreams and nighttime uh, with our oldest. But yeah, sure. the thought the we were foster parents when I got sick. And so I was in Alabama, which is 30 minutes away, and they were wards of the state of Tennessee. And so we cover in the book, Whitney shares some of her struggles, physical and with that. And, you know, we were faced with we're going to have to give these kids up. But thankfully, the state of Tennessee worked with us and, uh, but initially we thought, man, they're going to have to go live somewhere else. So it's the double whammy of you may not live, you may not survive this. And that type of leukemia is a medical emergency. Uh, they later told me I was about three to five days away from no return. Uh, Good night. And uh, but if you catch it, it's 90 percent curable. But, man, they they hammer you. They check you out. Like, how's your heart? How's your liver? You know, when I tell them. I don't drink alcohol. I've never smoked a day in my life. I've never done recreational drugs, and I've only had one sexual partner. They're like, look at me like I have a horn sticking out of my head. And they were like, you know, as odd as that is, we very rarely hear that. But, man, you are, and I would say blessed that that's the case because they literally just bounce. We're going to wear your heart out until it can't take no more, and then we'll take a break. And then we'll hammer something else and then we'll take a break until it can't take anymore. So, I mean, if I had been habitually doing those things, um, it would have been a much difficult, much more difficult road. All right. Well, uh, again, I, thank you for coming on. Uh, I, Absolutely. The, the timer is clicking down. Where can we find your book? Uh, you can get all of our stuff at, at benandtravis.com. It's the hub. You can get all of our podcasts, our mental health blogs. 
Uh, ben does a great job on those. I've got some on there, but I'm um, not nearly as helpful as he is. But everything's at benandtravis.com. The book's available at Amazon, and they run deals from time to time where you can get it a little cheaper. If you want it autographed, uh, my wife and I both will autograph it if you order it from benandtravis.com. I think it's backslash books, but you can go to the store. It's on there, um, and uh, we'll get that out to you. But uh, it's a great read, especially Whitney's parts. Uh, if you can stomach mine and get through it, it's pretty pretty good read i hear anyways i've read it enough to where i'm sick of it there's no greater critic of it than me but uh yeah and, and a large a percentage of that goes to our school and we also have a uh, a foster care slash cancer agency here in town uh that we're on the board for that a percentage of the proceeds go to that too thank you yeah. thank Absolutely. you thank you sir and uh, i love the podcast i love hearing all your guests and hopefully i didn't mess up your run of great interviews no, it's the best part about this podcast is, yeah, it's football, but I want it as an outlet to help. And yeah. this is one of those things. Well, awesome. You did a great job. I've enjoyed it. And I'm I'm racing through the backlog, right? No, uh, don't don't hold the first few against me. <laughs> I know what here, I was doing. Right. We're up to like 200 something episodes of the helping healing humor. And I think about some of those first ones, which are about my cancer journey and and that's literally what it was like, hey, I got to get this off my chest. We may never record another one, but I've got to get these two or three people have got to know. Um, and, and I want to help people. I want people who I give a lot of them away. You know, if you've got somebody out there that's struggling with cancer and, and they can't afford a copy, hey, we'll make it happen. So, well, give me a roll tide. Roll tide roll. And by the way, if you've never heard Eli Gold do play by play, you are missing out. Thank you. Thank you, Travis. Thank you, sir.